0: Hi, my name is Tony DeBono, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dumbledore. Wait, what's
1: that?
2: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us on this 216th episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dallimore. Sitting across from me, my trusty co-host, Brittany Page.
3: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That was great.
2: It just came to me like an epiphany, just like that.
3: Great. Yeah, it's
2: really good.
3: Really good. I could say
2: this, though. It'll be nice once our episode numbers are out of the teens, Mm. because every time I I try to enunciate 16, so people don't think we're in 260.
3: Yeah, you also got to be careful with enunciating.
2: Right, we get bad reviews.
3: That's not good.
2: Because apparently, I I I try to pronounce each word
3: too much.
2: Wasn't that what they said? Too much. All right. Well, speaking of reviews, that was awesome. Um, why don't you go on iTunes and review and rate the show? Because I know there's plenty of you who have not done so. It isn't an imposition. It doesn't take any time. Well, it does take some time. I don't. I don't want to be disingenuous about it. But it, it really is a minor inconvenience, and uh, you don't have to dedicate a bunch of time out of your day to do it.
3: And remember, no profanity.
2: No profanity, or iTunes will kick it to the proverbial curb.
3: Put the kibosh on that.
2: Right. So, I had a very interesting day today.
3: You did? Yeah, it involved listening to
2: you bitch and complain okay. about the in inconsideration that people pay You, secret anonymous people.
3: Okay, that makes me sound like a horrible, self-involved person. (laughs) When what you're referring to is someone pooping in the elevator. Let's uh, come on. Okay, someone. Someone. Accurate language. Someone leaving their poop air in the elevator. Poop air.
2: That's right. Yeah.
3: And because that
2: is what a fart is. It's hot air passing by a poop.
3: Yeah. So what happened was Deborah.
2: In, in Washington is not going to be happy with this intro segment.
3: Yeah, I know. <laughs> this this is life, okay? This is real life. Well, it's your life. <laughs> I'm sure this has happened to other people. I'm not alone.
2: I, I, I don't believe it makes a global audience because someone is so angry about the hot air passing by poop left <laughs> in an elevator.
3: Okay, I don't understand that because this was very traumatic for me. It started traumatic my day.
2: audience. I started my I day. I want you to hear that. This was traumatic for Brittany Page.
3: I started my day on the wrong foot because of this. So I'm <laughs> I'm at school, and I park my car, and I start walking toward campus. Well, hang I, on.
2: Let me, I, I, let me inter- interrupt you there. Brittany has also been trying to be very a good Samaritan about the parking thing. So you've been trying to really... Look out for your fellow students. Yeah. So you think? Do you think maybe that amplified it? Because when Brittany leaves school each day, she had bought a. She has. She will leave having bought a day parking p- pass, and she tries to give it to someone who is coming in at the same time mm-hmm. to save them the expense of the eight dollar parking charge. Right. So you really are trying to be looking out for everybody, lady. Yeah. And so do you I think don't think that-, that
3: added to it. I just well, think I don't want to smell people's poop in the elevator. <laughs> okay, so here's
2: what happened. I'm trying to I'm trying to paint a, a, a narrative here. you Well, I
3: appreciate that you're
2: pooping all over my narrative okay. right now, Brittany Page. So
3: I get in the elevator, and it is clear that someone is like sick. They are ill. <laughs> If I could find out who it was, I would say you need to go to was, the doctor. So was it
2: an air was it a, a an elevator full of people? No. And you had to pick which one did no, it? No,
3: it was one of those someone did it on their way out and then oh. it closed the door on it. <laughs> and so when it opened So it's like a
2: reverse crop dust where you walked into the cloud.
3: Yes. And then I and then the doors closed and I was stuck. you're, tra-
2: you're yeah, you're trapped.
3: And so I was practicing holding my breath. <laughs>
2: You're like a synchronized swimmer inside the the cavern, the the dusty cavern of poop.
3: Yeah, but I was going down <laughs> seven floors, so it took a little oh, bit of time. Oh wow. But this was like a sick. I mean, this person was ill. <laughs> y- everyone knows what I mean. So okay. Was,
2: there a raccoon had been there to use Britney Page vernacular.
3: It just yes, it had a bit of a spicy smell to it. Okay. <laughs> I did not appreciate this. This is really disgusting. You can hold your fart for however many seconds it takes to be on the elevator and wait until you're walking well, and, and there's a lot of air to blow it away the from same everybody's argument nose. argument
2: could be made that you can hold your breath for that little amount of time.
3: Uh, no. No. <laughs> no.
2: Why not?
3: Because they were assaulting me.
2: Sometimes the gas buildup I'm not speaking for myself. I'm just generally, I would assume, Brittany, that it it can be quite painful sometimes to hold that stuff in.
3: Okay. Well, you're a man, so...
2: How do you know this was a man?
3: Anyone. You're a human being. You can hold <laughs> the little gas cramp that you have for a couple seconds. I
2: think you're asking a lot.
3: While you get out of the elevator, and then, like a normal person... <laughs> Just leave everyone alone <laughs> with it. Don't oh. assault other people with your biz. So
2: you really might consider this an act of bioterrorism. <laughs> on Why did you not report this, Brittany Page?
3: Well, I thought about it. <laughs> but Campus
2: police, like, call fucking 911. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but then they'd probably be concerned about me at that point. Um, some, some wacko comments yeah. <laughs> earlier. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Well, that is, uh, that is bad news. I'm sorry you had to endure the hot air passing by the poop.
3: You know, my school's just disgusting. I mean, it's never cleaned.
4: Yeah, The floors
3: have never been cleaned. It looks like a hair salon in the hallways. You know, just hair <laughs> everywhere. There's hair everywhere.
2: Wow. it's disgusting. And you don't work in the school of cosmetology.
3: I don't. And it should not look like that. It should not look like that. Yeah. And, and they've been there. I mean, I can pick them out. It's. They're just landmarks now, the hairballs that are all over the place. They're just there You've always. They have
2: nicknames.
3: Yes. <laughs> it would be great if the school would clean.
2: Awesome. Well, we're, we're all sorry that you had to endure that, I'm sure. The, the audience is very empathetic
3: mm-hmm.
2: and sympathetic to your to your ploy. I'm sure. Uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to one of our listeners. We checked the mail today at our P.O. Box Which, for the record, I'll just say it, is P.O. Box 15822, Newport Beach, California, 92659. I had to read it off the envelope because I don't have it memorized. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And uh, Chris from Lenore City, Tennessee, sent us some t-shirts. Yes. And uh, a note.
3: Yes, it says hello Jesse and Brittany. I am one of your loyal podcast followers and I thought I would share with you some goodies. I own a martial arts school in Lenore City, tennessee and one of my shirt ideas was this want to see my six-pack shirt i only had bigger sizes in stock so i would have included one for the lovely britney page but for her i included one of my other shirts which unfortunately i didn't have in jesse's size i hope i sent the correct size you
2: almost did i thought it was a nightgown that he sent you
3: well (laughs) i think it's very lovely i'm not
2: shitting on the gift i think it's very lovely but it's a large. You're not a large lady. Okay. You're tall. Mm-hmm. You're Amazonian in that way.
3: Thank you. But you're
2: you. Uh, you're a small or a medium, are you not?
3: But it looks great.
2: She is wearing it <laughs> right now. It
3: feels great. I love it. It's fantastic. I'm looking down with my mouth away from the mic like a good radio person. Tank,
2: stay focused. And it's a tank top.
3: Yes. So stay focused.
2: Mine says, do you want to see my six pack? Want to see my six pack?
3: I think and, the backs are the same. Yeah, for and both then on the back,
2: it's Chris Waddell's, I'm hoping I'm saying that right, Chris Waddell. Waddell sounds better, right? I well, maybe I'm really fucking yeah, it up I now. I don't know. Chris Waddell's martial arts in Lenore City. I guess I should just give you the website. LenoreCityTKD.com, mm-hmm. which I guess would be Taekwondo.
3: Yeah. Awesome. So continuing the notes, he says... Oh, there's more. Yeah. And I hope you will be able to use them. I also, for no particular reason, included one of my business cards and one of my school's patches. Also, Jesse, after listening to the bonus podcast, Gay Latino Donald Trump Supporter, I decided not to include a martial arts uniform because I didn't want to take the risk of making you gay. <laughs> Thank you guys for all the hard work and Brittany's the best part.
2: Wow. Even in handwritten notes.
4: Love the show. Brittany's the best part.
2: Brittany continues to be the best part.
3: So I think on his business card it says we get a free class or something. Oh,
2: I'm going to definitely take advantage of that. Yeah,
3: so next time we're in Lenore City, Tennessee, yeah. we'll be doing that.
2: Because I love me some karate. <laughs> Or Taekwondo. It's
3: martial arts. I'm
2: teasing. I don't mean to shit on his profession. I'm, and I wasn't even making. I'm obviously he gets the joke. I don't need to explain the karate gay connection. I was building rapport with Nestor.
3: Yes. Yeah. yeah building rapport. <laughs> so we love our shirts. Thank you very much. That was awesome. And we always love going to the P.O. box and finding and mine, a little treat.
2: And if mine doesn't shrink, it will fit great. <laughs> But if it does shrink, I'm gonna just have to lose some weight <laughs> so I could wear the shirt. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate it very much. I, listen, getting gifts from listeners is—it's humbling. It's remarkable. I, I think it's awesome. I really. I, I'm not, and I'm not soliciting for gifts here. It's just unexpected and super, super cool. Yeah. Like when we got the the Trader Joe's gift card. Yes, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. So, thanks a lot, buddy. We appreciate it. You are valued as a listener. Just a little bit more than everybody else, because now, you know, we've gotten shirts from you.
3: Scrumptious shirts. (laughs) That's right. Uh,
2: But that scrumptious item. (laughs) Real, (laughs) real scrumptious. All right. Let's get into this. We do have a little bit of communication, listener communication, other than handwritten and mailed the old-fashioned way. This was sent via email from Mark.
3: I was going to post this on Facebook, but my friend would see.
2: (laughs) Wow. Uh Uh-oh. So... That is starting off problematic.
3: Hopefully your friend isn't listening. (laughs) Okay. We got into an argument about which president got the most bullshit. He says George W. Bush gets slammed more and harder than Obama, which I find hard to believe. Especially if you go into Britney's favorite part, the comment section of, say, a Fox News post. I wasn't into politics back when Bush was president, but I don't remember people calling him the Antichrist, a Muslim, a terrorist, a guy trying to destroy America, a communist, etc. Thoughts?
2: Um. Well, all those things did happen, not communist.
3: For sure, terrorist.
2: For sure, terrorist. For sure, trying to destroy America. I mean, the 9-11 has been blamed on him by, you know, I wouldn't say a large faction of people, but there is a a vocal group, George W. Bush for sure got a lot of shit. Absolutely. I would say, one, check your sources because if you're only looking for criticisms of George W. Bush on Fox News, you're
3: probably not
2: going to find it.
3: Especially not in the comment section right. of a Fox News post.
2: However, I I would disagree with your your friend. I would say that if we're comparing apples to apples... Uh, Obama has gotten more shit because his 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 citizenship was in question
3: for a long time, for a
2: long, long time. The fact whether or not he's a Christian,
3: mm-hmm.
2: wh- it was in question is still still yeah. in question, even though he has said he proclaimed his loyalty and fealty to Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. Uh, he's still quite I would say Obama has gotten more shit um but that's not to say that George W Bush did not get and maybe even deserve his ration you know
3: mhm well p- according to public policy polling they just released this poll and they asked Voters with a favorable opinion of Trump to answer a couple questions and some of them had to do with these issues and 65 percent of voters with a favorable opinion of Trump in this poll think that Obama is a Muslim.
5: I love the poorly educated. Of
3: course. And then 59 percent think that he was not born in the United States.
5: Uh,
2: So
3: again, these are still ideas that.
2: Right. Well, Trump Trump was one of them that who was really pushing that that birther movement thing. He really kept that going and kept it alive.
3: I mean, I don't know how legitimate this poll is because they also ask people which they have a higher opinion of, Donald Trump or hemorrhoids, Donald Trump or, really? or cockroaches, Donald Trump <laughs> or a used car salesman. I mean, this is like a really serious. <laughs> wow.
2: That is awesome.
3: Donald Trump or Nickelback. I mean, it's a bad time. Oh,
2: Donald Trump or Nickelback, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the question of the century right there. I mean, seriously, especially among that particular segment of voters.
5: I love the poorly educated.
2: So I hope that answers your question mark or addresses your spat with your friend. Uh, if you, too, would like to communicate with the show, you can do so via voicemail 657-464-7609. Or you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to I Doubt it at dollamore.com obviously that email address also receives normal regular everyday emails too
3: (laughs) it does
2: thank you very much mark all right let's get to some follow-up this i don't know is just breaking news but it's just coming out late tonight that apparently george zimmer
3: george zimmerman
2: oh yeah that's the men's warehouse guy right (laughs) george zimmerman that makes a whole different story George Zimmerman, he continues to be the worst.
3: He is selling the pistol he used to shoot and kill 17-year-old Trayvon Martin nearly four years ago. The 32-year-old Florida resident listed the... 9 millimeter handgun for a single-day auction on gunbroker.com with a starting bid at $5,000 and an undisclosed reserve price the winning better must meet. Zimmerman was acquitted of murdering Trayvon Martin after an intense trial in which the defendant claimed he acted in self-defense to fend off the unarmed teenager. Now, in this ad, he wrote, quote, I am honored and humbled to announce the sale of an American firearm Icon. The firearm for sale is the firearm that was used to defend my life and end the brutal attack from Trayvon Martin on February 26, 2012. This is a piece of American history, he says.
2: There is something wrong with George Zimmerman. And I don't just mean like, oh, that guy's fucked up. There's something wrong. He's. This would be my prediction, and this is kind of a gory, shitty prediction, but he's going to either end up in jail prison or dead i don't see this guy making it the full term as far as livelihood or the length of his existence he's too he's working against himself you know what i mean
3: Yeah, well, he's constantly getting in trouble with the police. He's Brandishing weapons,
2: hitting his women. Yeah,
3: he's doing violent things. And then he does this. This is a piece of American history. I mean, you'd think that this guy wouldn't want to talk about this ever again. Right. But he continues to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it as though he's proud of what happened.
2: It's like if OJ was selling knives at a knife sale.
3: I mean, this isn't something that you should be proud of. Or look forward to talking about.
2: Yeah. It's well, just even, weird. Listen, even if it went down the way he says it went down, which at this point I don't believe, I believed it at the time and I was wrong, I believe. But even if it did go down the way he says, and he was fending himself, fend, you know, uh, fighting for his life, he still took a teenager's life, he still killed someone. Even if Trayvon was trying to kill him, it's an unfortunate situation all the way around.
3: So he's claimed that he's received multiple offers from museums to purchase the weapon.
2: Anyway. But he
3: has been unsatisfied with attempts to, quote, use the gun in a fashion I did not feel comfortable with.
2: Oh, so it's like people who want to, you know, like the museum of death. This is what firearms do kind of a thing.
3: Well, he's saying it's a piece of American history. Why wouldn't he want it in a museum? Right. But he's saying proceeds from the sale will be used to quote fight black lives matter violence against Ugh. law enforcement officers, ensure the demise of Zimmerman's prosecuting attorney Angela Corey's persecution career.
2: Wow. Strong language using words like demise. I
3: think that he meant prosecution career. <laughs> Or maybe he meant persecution career. I don't know. And Hillary Clinton's anti-firearm rhetoric. So he's going to use the proceeds of the sale to fight Hillary Clinton's anti-firearm rhetoric.
2: Right. Good luck. All right. Well, fuck you, George Zimmerman. Good to go. All right. Moving on. North Carolina continues to be in the news over this trans bathroom nonsense. A school district inside their state is apparently going to allow their students, their underage, their minor students, to carry pepper spray this year. And there was a choice comment from someone on the school board who seems like a real swell guy.
3: A board member said that this may be useful for students who encounter transgender classmates in the bathroom.
2: Uh, That's inciting violence, is it not?
3: Board member Chuck Hughes said said using the sprays was purely defensive and he referenced the North Carolina law that limits LGBT rights saying such sprays could help female students if they go to the bathroom and don't know who's coming in after them.
2: Goddamn. Come on. Get it together, North Carolina, with your atrocious, terrible, hate-fueled governor, Pat McCrory, who's on the news cycle, he's making the rounds of all the different news channels right now, making his case. Here's the deal, and I'm preaching to the choir here with our audience, I'm sure. They're trying to paint this entire bathroom thing with the trans thing as though they're preventing me, a man, regular, what is it, cisgender, is that the term? Regular dude from walking into a bathroom and using a bathroom with little girls. That's not what you're preventing, assholes, and to make that argument is disingenuous. It's not cisgendered that you're stopping. You're stopping people who don't pose a problem that you likely wouldn't even know are transgendered. In fact, I think that it's likely they could continue to be using their bathroom of choice... And these people in North Carolina would likely not know the difference.
3: I mean, can you imagine uh, high school students already not beacons of self-control? Right. With pepper spray. Right. And they're being encouraged by adults to
2: wield it against transgendered uh, classmates
3: well this guy's even saying it could be helpful for students if they go in the bathroom and don't know who's coming in after them like they they need to go into the bathroom armed with this ready to use it right for whoever might be coming in after them
2: it's irresponsible
3: i mean this is just what's what's happening right now
2: <laughs> oh, damn. north carolina The state in which I used to live when I was in the Marine Corps.
3: You were a Marine? (laughs) Jesse was a Marine, everybody.
2: Wow. It has been a long, long time. Maybe we'll have to bring that back. All right. Next up on the follow-up docket. Listen, it's it's unfortunate that this will even be considered follow-up because we're just anything related to sexual abuse within the Catholic Church. Is It's follow-up because it's something we're constantly having to talk about. Well, a priest in Michigan who was removed for a previous sexual abuse charge is now running a teen pregnancy center.
3: Kenneth (laughs) Kowchak.
2: Let's go with that. Yeah. You are a master of pronunciation of names.
3: Yep. Uh, 69 was removed from churches in Metro Detroit after he was accused of sexually abusing a teenager. Now he is the development director of a new Catholic center in East Point he co-founded that counsels pregnant teenagers.
2: Weird that a sexual predator of children would have any interest in starting a a foundation or, or charity for children, like Jerry Sandusky, like Jared Fogle from Subway. The child rapist.
3: Kenneth Kowchak was banned from public ministry by the Archdiocese of Detroit in 2009 after church officials determined he had sexual misconduct in the 1970s with a 16-year-old girl he was counseling as a priest.
2: Right. So it's not even that he was raping boys and then opened up a center for girls. It's that he has had illicit, illegal contact with girls. And then starts a foundation for pregnant girls, troubled girls.
3: Well, and the purpose of this pregnancy house and and parenting residence is that it takes in young women who are pregnant and assists them and any children they might have later. Right. So that is kind of the purpose of this place that he is running. And now there are calls for him to step down, obviously.
2: Yeah, well, you know, they want to cut off his easy access To future victims. Fucking terrible. What is wrong with the Catholic Church? What is wrong with an organization that is supposed to understand the human condition? That they continue to put predators in reach of victims.
3: So David Clossy, we just talked about him last time. He's the director of the Survivors Network of Those Abused by Priests, SNAP. He released a statement on this. Quote, "It's inexcusable for any nonprofit to hire a credibly accused child molesting cleric. A simple Google search would have shown that he is potentially dangerous and should never be given any position or title that confers respect, much less gives him access to a vulnerable population."
2: Disgusting. When is the Catholic Church going to exhibit any modicum of shame in this matter? They continue to act counter to the best interest of the most innocent among us. All right, moving on.
6: Support for I Doubt It with Dollimore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself. By way of Patreon, you can contribute per episode, as much or as little as you'd like. Comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget, and helping move the conversation forward, one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit Patreon.com/I Doubt It with dolomore.
2: So we went really long last time and didn't even play the what you just heard. and we didn't mention specifically what I wanted to mention and what I will mention here. That was probably 10 seconds of audio that didn't need to be there, Brittany Page.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> we are still taking questions for a follow-up episode with Nestor, the the gay Latino Donald Trump supporter. So, if you have a question, again, 657-464-7609 or I doubt it at Dollamore.com or the Facebook page. We we really want so we, we have received several, but I would like a, an episode that really has a lot of questions for him that are direct from the audience. I would hope that I would expect, hope, whatever, that the audience would be respectful. And uh because I'm going to be face-to-face with him asking the question, and, you know, it would be awkward if names are called or, you know, our audience was a dick to him. So keep him cool, keep him coming, and we want to hear from you. democracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So this particular edition... This 200, episode 216th edition of Dolomocracy will be all about Donald Trump. And I know, keep don't turn me off yet. That sounds like a bummer. But the reason I'm going to do this, and we're going to do this every once in a while, is because I want the audience to have ammunition when talking to their friends or their crazy racist uncle, or whomever they encounter on Facebook or whatever, with some ammunition, um, some arguments, some some evidence, some quotes, just basic information about the flip-flopping and just the goings-on of Donald Trump. Many of you know, if you follow me on YouTube, and if you don't follow me on YouTube, Go do that. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel. It is just youtube.com slash I did a video relatively recently about Donald Trump and his cozy relationship with the KKK and these white nationalist, white separatist groups. Well, apparently, one of the guys I talked about in the video, his name was William Johnson, And he started a super PAC called the American National Super PAC. Apparently, he was named a delegate here in California for Donald Trump. Well, the media caught wind of it and started asking questions. And it was only then that the Trump campaign tried to get rid of him. And he had to step down. They contacted him and he had to step down from his role as delegate. Just as a reminder, here is a robocall that William Johnson put out in the earlier primary states. The American National Super PAC makes
8: this call to support Donald Trump. I am William Johnson, a farmer and white nationalist. The white race is dying out in America and Europe because we are afraid to be called racist. This is our mindset. It's okay that our government destroys our children's future, but don't call me racist. I'm afraid to be called racist. It's okay to give away our country through immigration, but don't call me racist. It's okay that few schools anymore have beautiful white children as a majority, but don't call me racist. Gradual genocide against the white race is okay, but don't call me racist. I'm afraid to be called racist. Donald Trump is not a racist, but Donald Trump is not afraid. Don't vote for a Cuban. Vote for Donald Trump. 213... 718-3908. 718 This call is not authorized
2: by Donald Trump. Don't have beautiful white children as a majority anymore. Goddamn. Well, here is William Johnson on with JTAP on CNN discussing the entire debacle related to his delegateship
1: me now is William Johnson. Mr. Johnson, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I'm happy to be here. So, I'm not here to debate your ideology, with which, for the record, I could not disagree more strongly. I am interested, however, in what happened in the last day. My understanding is that, that once some reporters noticed that you were a delegate and asked the Trump campaign about you, the Trump campaign tried to get you removed as a delegate, but it was, it was too late. Is, is that correct?
8: Well I think that um, I was approved as a delegate, I submitted my application and I was approved and then immediately when the list came out they saw that they had a clerical error and so then they sent me an email saying that uh, you are removed from the list so I wrote back an email telling them I understand, I resign and then later in the day I got contacted by a media person who says well you're still on the list Um, and so then I sent them a second email saying that I resign
1: I will not attend the convention i will not be a delegate so the trump campaign found it objectionable that you were on the list before reporters did is that correct
8: no i think what happens is that that i slipped through the cracks and they approved me and then once the list came out the media had intense interest in my, um, my listing and so that caused them to review the situation and that's how it transpired.
1: So you believe the campaign when they say that a, a database error led to you being chosen as a delegate?
8: Yes, I believe that um, I submitted the application and they did not intentionally have me on um, as a delegate and so when, when they found
1: out about it they corrected it and I concurred. Do you think that Ms. Lagomarsino, Trump's California delegate coordinator, knew your views and your history when she first reached out to you and, and congratulated you on being a delegate? I believe
2: that she did not know my views at all. Come on. The delegate coordinator for the Donald Trump campaign, the national campaign, didn't know about William Johnson.
3: Well, he also donated $250 to the campaign in September of 2015, and that caused a ruckus. Right. So William Johnson has been causing problems Well, it's since at least September 2015.
2: Here's, here's the deal, is how did I know about William Johnson and the campaign? Oh, what? We had no idea that this racist, white separatist, white nationalist... Was a delegate. Well, we just we didn't know. How did Jesse Dollimore, dumb guy, how did he know about it? But this this the 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 campaign infrastructure didn't know. That doesn't I don't buy it. Mm -hmm. I think they knew, and they thought, you know, he's gonna bring along a lot of voters too. It's the same reason why Donald Trump doesn't disavow David Duke and the KKK. Right. And those type of endorsements and support. It's disgusting. So Donald Trump recently was on with Chris Cuomo of CNN. And the interview started normally with a question that, you know, was in the news. Chris Cuomo doing his job. And Donald Trump acted in an arrogant and ridiculous way that I even thought. Well, I, at this point, I it's it's I, it's hard to say that I even thought it was lame for Donald Trump. But because of all the bullshit that's gone on,
3: well, you also did just talk about yourself in third person. So,
2: wow, <laughs> that is good. I guess I did, didn't I? Uh huh. Yeah it's it's gonna that makes it very difficult to to make fun of Trump for doing the same thing in this next clip. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about
7: this, and uh, I'm curious to see what the audience thinks. The presumptive Republican nominee, Donald Trump, on the phone this morning. Mr. Trump, can you hear us? I can. We need to talk policy. We need to talk the state of play within your own party, but you have commanded a different headline that needs to be addressed. Uh, you are attacking Hillary Clinton for the sexual past and indiscretions of her husband calling her an enabler we have a panel of independent voters they are smart as heck and most of them don't like it they see it as a distraction they see it as hypocritical coming from you and mostly they see it as potential proof that you may have no real ideas to offer as president what is your thinking on this line of attack
0: Well, this is a nice way to start off the interview. First of all, uh, you should congratulate me for having won the race. I thought, you know, at least it'd be a small congratulations, but I'm not surprised with CNN because that's the way they treat Trump. It's the, uh, you know, they call it the Clinton Network, and I believe that. Uh, so, you know, let us hold on. Uh, hold on. Mr. Trump, right I did congratulate uh, done, you the last time we spoke. I said up...
7: congratulations on winning oh, the oh, big yes, race. Thank you. Very what much are you going so to do going forward? So well <laughs> but you made that. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Let's get this off on the right foot. I'm trying to address what you're, so you're putting out a with, a, with a question.
0: Uh, we haven't spoken. Uh, last week toward the end, I was the essentially the nominee of the party. And you start off with this question Mr. which is not
7: surprising because Trump, I understand I'm asking CNN, you I'm uh, asking, a lot better uh, than you do. Okay, okay. Let's let's you know what? You're right. Sometimes it's good to restart. Here's the restart. You are going to be your party's nominee by all accounts. You are going to carry the standard for this party. You have said that once you get into the general people will see what you have to offer. The first thing that you've come out with hot and heavy out of the box are these attacks on Hillary Clinton.
0: That wasn't the first thing I've come out but my first thing I came out with if you watched was trade. We're making horrible trade deals. We're losing our jobs. We're losing our manufacturing. It's trade.
2: So here here's what's great about this is when I watched this I I watched Chris Cuomo say, well, "Okay, well let's here's the restart." And I was like, "God damn it." Chris Cuomo is going to back down and give the congratulations and all the. He's going to do it the way Trump wants it. Mm-hmm. And uh, nope, he did it. He just did the exact same thing he did at the top of the of the interview. Right. So I, I give him a little credit there.
3: Yeah. Well, what does Donald Trump expect? Does he think that Chris Cuomo is his bud? Yeah. Like well, we haven't talked. We haven't talked since last week, and I, you know, right. there's been some developments, Chris.
2: I want you to publicly internationally congratulate me on winning the nomination god damn it is the it's beyond arrogant it's beyond egotistical i mean you expect a little ego you expect a little arrogance for someone who believes they have what it takes to be president of the united states but this goes beyond the pale here's the thing that bothers me the most about it though
0: I thought, you know, at least it'd be a small congratulations, but I'm not surprised with CNN because that's the way they treat
2: Trump. What is he talking about? That's the way CNN treats Trump. CNN is maybe the biggest culprit, most culpable in the popularity of Donald Trump, in the legitimacy of his candidacy. How much airtime do they give this guy?
3: So there's a firm called MediaQuant, and they track media coverage of each candidate and compute a dollar value based on advertising rates. And they did this with the candidates, and they found that Donald Trump earned $400 million worth of free media last month. La-
2: <laughs> last month? Right. For almost a half a billion dollars last month in free media, which largely would be coming from CNN.
3: And over the course of his entire campaign, they say he has earned close to $2 billion worth of media attention, about twice in the all-in price of the most expensive presidential campaigns in history. It is also twice the estimated $746 million that Hillary Clinton, the next best at earning media, took in.
2: Wow. That is, that is remarkable, for one, but it's also it's depressing and disgusting, on the other hand, Because I do believe CNN is complicit in the the candidacy, the successful candidacy of Donald Trump that they'll put up. a. He's just at a campaign rally, giving a speech, talking about little Marco and lying Ted and crooked Hillary, and they'll let it run for 20, 25 minutes, a half hour at a time. That's free media exposure, legitimizing the campaign of Donald Trump.
3: Well, anytime he speaks, they're interrupting whatever they're doing to go to when he's speaking. So I yeah. don't know I don't know what he's talking about. Even when he would complain and say, Oh, they never show the crowds, they never show the crowds. It doesn't matter that they're not showing the crowds. They're constantly showing you That's right. talking.
2: Which is most important. Well,
3: showing you your
2: stupid mug on the goddamn TV. Ugh. He is a buffoon. All right, well, next up on this very special Donald Trump-centric dollamocracy, it gives me a little
3: uh, a little
2: opportunity here, Brittany Page. Mm. Doing a little tooting of my own horn. Great. I have talked in the past about how I don't believe Donald Trump is really truly self-funding. That Donald Trump is loaning himself the money, and then my 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 gut was telling me that as soon as the 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 general election came around that he was going to start taking money from donors. That was my my feeling. Well first I'm gonna play a little thing that kind of describes from the former chairman of the Federal Election Commission uh the situation surrounding Donald Trump's quote unquote
5: Self-funding.
6: Donald Trump has labeled himself an outsider.
5: I am a non-politician.
6: His brashness, his experience, even his campaign finances. But how much of what he says is true?
5: I've never seen lying like goes on in politics.
6: Let's start with the claim that he's financing his own campaign, which Trump is happy to remind us about. I'm self-funding my campaign.
5: I'm self-funding my campaign. I'm self-funding, I'm doing my own
6: money. So is he? Well, it's not that simple. Trump has provided about $18 million to his campaign, but he's actually cut a check for only $250,000. What makes up the difference?
2: The rest of it is a loan. The reason you make it a loan is that if it's a loan and you do well and you raise money from other people later, you can pay yourself back.
6: If Trump can raise funds, he can make the money back. In fact, he's already raised nearly $8 million from individual donors, not outside groups. I'm not getting millions of dollars from all of these special interests and lobbyists and donors. That's mostly true. Three super PACs associated with Trump have raised $2 million. For outside money, that's a very small amount compared to most of the other candidates. And when you look at how much his campaign has raised overall, it's a very similar story. But that's because he hasn't needed the money.
9: He has been able to penetrate media markets without a penny of advertising by because the press is doing such a great job
2: of spending money for him. I walk by a flat screen TV and there's a huge picture of Donald Trump talking in his Trump rally.
6: Political ads are a major expense for most campaigns, And Trump has spent the least of any candidate. In fact, he only began running ads in January of this year because he quote-unquote felt bad for his rivals.
0: And I mean, can you imagine spending $79 million and I've spent almost nothing. Now I'm going to start spending money because I feel guilty.
6: Whether that's true or not, his tactics, loaning himself money and spending very little of it, have worked so far. But he's going to need a lot more cash in the general election if he becomes the GOP's nominee. In 2012, each candidate spent about a billion dollars. Which means he may need to start raising big money. And if so, he wouldn't be such a different candidate after all.
2: So, a lot of that unplanned kind of backs up the previous topic. Right. The, the media buy. hmm Well, to further, I guess, get into the fact that... This is what I predicted. Now I'm just kind of sounding like a total dick. (laughs) Here's an interview just just a couple days ago with Paul Manafort, who was Donald Trump's convention consultant, his convention manager, his delegate manager, talking about this very thing. In terms of funding a general election, um, Mr. Trump has talked a lot
8: about how he's self-funded. Will he be able to maintain that through a general
9: well, what he's, he's been a candidate running for the nomination. Once he is the nominee of the Republican Party, he has further responsibilities besides his own candidacy, where he was, is the head of the ticket and where he is committed to making sure that Nancy Pelosi is never Speaker of the House again and that, uh, that Harry Reid and Chuck Schumer remain in the minority of the Senate. So he's indicated that he'd be willing to work with, is going to work with the leaders of the Republican Party and the various committees to help raise money for them uh, as part of the overall ticket.
8: In terms of that funding, either for the overall ticket or for himself, will he have any restrictions on the kind of money that comes in? He's talked a lot about people who write checks and what they expect in return. We,
9: have, we haven't dealt with that. Certainly, as if he is going to be getting money from the uh, from donors as general election candidate, uh, there are limitations, but uh, we haven't dealt with that issue yet.
8: But would he add any extra limitations? Not not the the amount per se, but from who who they come from and that kind of thing.
9: Well, he he. We have not gotten into the the to the point of what kind of money we're going to be raising. What he has indicated is that he would help the Republican Party, he would help the congressional committees, uh, and he would do things that are necessary for them to make sure that Pelosi and uh, and Reed do not re- ever come back to the majority in the Congress.
2: So to clear up all the minutia, all the words there. This is the sentence that is most important out of that entire clip.
9: Certainly, as if he is going to be getting money from, the, uh, from donors as a general election candidate.
2: Certainly, he is going to be getting money from donors as a general election candidate. Well, a self-funded campaign doesn't need, doesn't accept money from donors because, well, they're self-funded. So again, Donald Trump flip-flopping. At the very best, it's just that he's flip-flopping. And at the worst, it's that he's premeditated the the entire thing and he's a liar.
3: And it's probably just both.
2: <laughs> right, yeah, it could be a little bit of both.
3: Because he, I mean, is flip-flopping on everything all the time every day.
2: Absolutely. So, well, the, that's you provided me a beautiful segue. Bernie Page.
3: You're welcome.
2: (laughs) Here is the latest thing that Donald Trump is flip-flopping on. Some would say lie. I may or may not be one of them. (laughs) But uh, Donald Trump, early on in his candidacy, in November, back in November, during a Fox business debate, Neil Cavuto asked him a question concerning the minimum wage and taxes and this was his response remember in
0: november candidates as we gather tonight in this very august theater just outside and across the country picketers are gathering as well they're demanding an immediate hike in the minimum wage to 15 dollars an hour just a few hours ago New York Governor Andrew Cuomo proposed doing the same for all state workers, the first governor to do so. Mr. Trump, as the leading presidential candidate on this stage and one whose tax plan exempts couples making up to $50,000 a year from paying any federal income taxes at all, are you sympathetic to the protesters cause since a $15 wage works out to about thirty one thousand dollars a year
5: i can't be Neil, and the reason i can't be is that we are a country that is being beaten on every front economically militarily there is nothing that we do now to win we don't win anymore our taxes are too high i've come up with a tax plan that many many people like very much it's going to be a tremendous plan i think it'll make our country and our economy very dynamic But taxes too high, wages too high. We're not going to be able to compete against the world. I hate to say it, but we have to leave it the way it is. People have to go out, they have to work really hard, and they have to get into that upper stratum. But we cannot do this if we are going to compete with the rest of the world. We just can't do it. So do not raise the minimum wage. I would not raise the minimum.
3: Pretty bold.
5: Yeah,
2: in November. So what what new information might he have i mean let's 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 readdress the most problematic part of his answer there, and there were there were two two parts that that bothered me a lot
5: taxes too high wages too high we're not going to be able to compete against the world i hate to say it but we have to leave it the way it is people have to go out they have to work really hard and they have to get into that upper stratum
2: so all you have to do to get up into that 1% of wage earners, Brittany Page,
3: mm-hmm. is just work really hard. That's all. Just like he did. Yeah,
2: he worked really hard at convincing his dad to give him
3: <laughs> a million
2: dollar loan. Yes. And then he also inherited hundreds of millions of
3: dollars. hmm
2: So, yeah. That's all you have to do. Yeah,
3: you just work really hard and get that inheritance. Yeah,
2: just work real, real hard at (laughs) at getting in the will. Mm -hmm. Well, that was in November, as I've said. Fewer than seven days ago, less than a week ago, he was on with Blitz. I'm sorry, Blitz. I meant Wolf, okay? He was on (laughs) with Blitz. I'm
3: so happy that you have that.
2: (laughs) Do we have to explain what that is?
3: Sure. So that is Herman Cain and he's at a presidential debate and he was answering Wolf Blitzer's question, Wolf Blitzer of CNN, and he said.
2: I'm sorry, Blitz. I meant Wolf. Okay. Well, he was continuing to call him Blitz the entire time.
3: Yeah. And so now we call him Blitz and that is where that originated. I'm
2: sorry, Blitz. I meant Wolf. Okay? Well, anyway, he was on with Blitz and Blitz asked him specifically about this about the minimum wage, less than a week ago. And Donald Trump, do you think he held fast to his principle and what was right or wrong about the minimum
7: wage? Eh, probably not. Let's talk about some important domestic policy issues. American workers, you say they deserve to earn more money, right? Yeah, yeah. I want them to earn more money. So Bernie Sanders uh, says he wants $15 an hour minimum wage. Uh, and has really gone after you lately for saying you're happy with $7.25, the current federal minimum wage. You can't live on $7.25 no. an hour.
5: And I'm actually looking at that because I'm very different from most Republicans. I mean, you have to have something that you can live on. But what I'm really looking to do is get people great jobs so they make much more money than that, so they make much money than, more money than the $15. Now, if you start playing around too much with the lower level, the lower level number, you're not going to be competitive. Hillary
7: Clinton says she's ready to go to $12, she's Bernie only, Sanders she, she's says $15. That. She's Give that me a number. She if you were president, broad. what would you recommend? No, I'm looking at it, but I, I but don't like it. But you're open to raising the minimum wage. I'm range. open
5: to doing something with it because I don't like that. But what I really do like is bring our jobs back so they're making much more than because $15. Because if you want some
7: of those Bernie Sanders supporters out there, and I know you want I them. I think I'll get them. In a general election, I let's say I'll against Hillary you're going to have to do something about issues like that. Well, I told you how I feel.
5: He told him, Brittany, Mm -hmm. how he feels. Mm -hmm.
7: You can't live on $7.25 an hour. And I'm actually
5: looking at that because I'm very different from most Republicans. I mean, you have to have something that you can live on.
2: May. And back in November. Taxes
5: too high. Wages too high. And May. You can't live on $7.25 an hour. And I'm actually looking at that because I'm very different from most Republicans. I mean, you have to have something that you can live on. Wow. Wow. What a what, what a stark
2: contrast between those two positions. Mm-hmm. What new information does he have? There must be different economic metrics that he's going off of.
3: Well, I just love how he says I'm I'm not one of those Republicans or I'm a different kind of Republican. Right. Well, you weren't in November. So all of a sudden you're a different kind of Republican or...
2: Or it's whatever works on that particular day in front of that particular reporter. With Blitz, when he's hitting you heavy, oh yeah, minimum wage, yeah, I'm right on. But Neil Cavuto in a Fox Business crowd, oh no, sorry, Mm -hmm. no good. Right. He's a liar. He's disingenuous. Or maybe he's just fucking stupid. Who knows? All three of those options seem viable. All right, to wrap up the Donald Trump stuff, this is going to be a running theme going into the general election. We've talked about it before, Hillary Clinton pumping out the commercials. She has a brand new one that deals with the dire foreign policy decisions that might have to be made or will certainly have to be made by the next president. In this ad there's a lot you're going to hear missiles firing at the beginning. They show they show scenes of of terror and scenes of of warfare, serious implications and decisions that will be faced by the next president of the United States. And it is accompanied by a lot of Donald Trump
4: we have some dire foreign policy issues circulating around the world right now who are you consulting with consistently so that you're ready on day one
0: i'm speaking with myself number one because i have a very good brain and i've said a lot of things
5: i know russia well i had a major event in russia two or three years ago miss universe contest which was a big big incredible event if putin wants to go in and I got to know him very well because we were both on 60 minutes. We were stable mates.
7: The difference between Hezbollah and Hamas does not matter to you yet, but it will.
5: It will when it's appropriate.
0: I would know how to bring ISIS to the table or beyond that defeat ISIS very quickly.
5: And I'm not going to tell you what it is tonight. Maybe Syria should be a free zone for ISIS. We have to be unpredictable. Well, this is about ISIS. You would not be well, a to nuclear thing? weapon against no. ISIS. This is a very good-looking group of people. Could could I just go around and go, so I know who the hell
9: I'm talking to? Sure. About? Mm-hmm. This is the ultimate reality show. It's the presidency of the United States. Mm-hmm. And that
2: last that last voice you heard was again Paul Manafort, his convention consultant, his convention or delegate director. So, the ultimate reality show, president of the United States. Talk about devaluing the office of the presidency.
3: Yeah, I just think this ad is so effective and awesome. All of them have been.
2: Yeah, for sure. They've got. She's got a great team.
3: And she has hours of material <laughs> oh, yeah. from that mouth. Yeah. So it is only going to continue.
2: Absolutely. It's going to be really good. And we look forward to sharing each and every one of them with you right here. On I doubt it with Dallimore. Or is that third person?
3: No, you're good. <laughs> it's okay when Jesse D does it.
2: All right. Well, I was shitting on myself when I did it. Yes, I, I know. said Jesse Dallimore, dumb guy.
3: We you don't need to explain the joke. I
2: feel like I do. I feel like I Don't I, get
3: self-conscious now.
2: <laughs> I will try not to. You're you're eliciting coughs now. Yikes. No good. All right, well, next up, Obama, the Obama administration is, is designating the Stonewall Inn in New York City, in Manhattan. I, I think um, Greenwich Village is designating it a national monument, and they recently had a ceremony to, to induct it in and turn it over to the United States Park Service. And because I'm not sure exactly how much they talk about what happened at the Stonewall Inn and what the significance of it is, let's give a little bit of a a precursor about its importance to LGBT rights uh, before I play the clip.
3: So the Stonewall Inn was the site of a police raid in June of 1969 when patrons fought back and stormed the surrounding streets. They sparked protests in New York City and around the country that are seen largely as the start of the gay rights movements and activism.
2: Well, good. I don't think they go into that much detail, but here are some clips from the speeches that were given at the event.
4: The Stonewall Inn is a very important symbolic place in the struggle for LGBT Americans' rights. President Obama said it best. He said the struggle for civil rights has marched from Seneca Falls to Selma, and here to Stonewall. The Stonewall riot, regarded by many as the single most important event leading to the modern LGBT human and civil rights movement, took place here. So it's our job, my colleagues up here in the green and gray, representing the National Park Service, and their colleagues to work with the smartest people around this country to understand this this history. Thank you guys. This building now 14 years ago was named a national historic landmark and we're proud of that part of the National Park Service's role to preserve this part of history, but it's time for us to do more. So we are announcing that we are going to be launching a theme study next month, the 10th of June, we will be pulling together our nation's finest scholars who will help us tell this story effectively for all americans Thank you guys. Right. i had letters from both the senate and the house urging us to do this work um, yes it's controversial there's a lot of parts of our civil rights history that are controversial and remain controversial today doesn't mean the story shouldn't be told and we feel strongly as part of the national park services job to tell the story of all americans
5: As a 32 year old man who is HIV positive, the only openly HIV positive elected official, I think, in New York State, I stand on the shoulders of those that came before me. Uh, And I think that's what today is about, and that's what these historic sites are about.
7: LGBT history is not littered with historic, larger than life figures. Rather, it's a history made by each and every individual who works for equality. There should be a plaque placed where Sarah came out to her dad, where John explained to his kids that he was gay, and where Frank tried to explain to his grandma what it meant to transition. Each of you create the history, you create the equality that makes this movement work. When you leave here, You must take more steps. You must do more things to make sure that America acknowledges every single individual and their right to love who they are and to be who they are. Thank you.
2: So, pretty powerful stuff. This is the first National Park Monument site dedicated to the LGBT civil rights struggle, which is a big deal. I mean, it's 2016. <laughs> we say that all the goddamn time. It's 2016. I, this should have done been done before, but it's clearly not going to be done during a George W. Bush administration. Um, but progress is being made. They're being recognized.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They're being celebrated in the struggle that they've had to endure over the course of, well, from from the the inception of the United States until now when they're finally being considered full citizens with with equal protection under the Constitution under the 14th amendment
3: well and I think this also shows support for the community yes
2: absolutely which is
3: really important because when you have government sanctioned discrimination and prejudice yeah against the community like North Carolina it's very harmful to the community and so when you have president obama coming forward and and recognizing the stonewall Inn, um that's pretty powerful i think
2: well it's also as far as i would be concerned and i i don't want any of these type of things to be talked about without chastising president obama and hillary clinton for the years that they spent disavowing the lgbt community being champions of quote-unquote traditional marriage. It wasn't until 2013 that Hillary Clinton decided that she was for gay marriage because it was at that time politically expedient. The same goes for, for Barack Obama. So they're correcting the mistakes of their political past as well, and it's goddamn high time that they do so. So, congratulations to the Stonewall Inn. I think that's awesome. Um, we certainly are allies here. And, you know, it's uh, it's it's appreciated.
3: Yes, it is.
2: Absolutely. All right. Well, let's wrap with... Uh...
3: <laughs>
2: what is going on in China? How about that? We don't even have a segment for this. There's no taking care of biz. There's no asshole of today. There, there's no... It's just like a, what in the hell is going on? Apparently, in China, the government has banned erotic banana eating videos on the internet.
3: In a move to quote unquote rehabilitate the country's rapidly growing (laughs) live streaming sector... (laughs) China has decided to prohibit online banana consumption.
2: As well they should.
3: The president of China called for the promotion of, quote, civilized behavior (laughs) after some platforms were showing videos of women eating bananas. Local media have said that the decision was part of a larger effort to force online content to become less vulgar. The China Daily, which is a state-run organization reports that there are upward of 100 live streaming platforms in the country which feature young hosts.
2: I was reading some of these women can make like up to $15,000 a month with these wacky videos.
3: Erotically eating a banana.
2: Let me tell you something, I watched a couple of them today. Trying to pull clips for this and nothing, right. worked, nothing worked out. No, it's wacky. It's not even like, oh, that's, yeah, that's sexy. It's just fucking weird where they're jumping around, like putting bananas, splashing water or milk or what all over the place, what? yogurt, like putting bananas in blenders. It's like, it's not erotic. It's just like you're acting like an idiot.
3: You're doing the gestures very angrily. Are they aggressive well, in the videos? N-
2: Yes, they're aggressive. Huh. Yeah.
3: Like aggressively throwing a banana in a blender? Yeah.
2: I mean, not like angrily. Huh. But it's not it's not sexy time. <laughs> it's not like like that video you sent me of the dude with the chocolate-covered banana who yeah. was acting like a maniac.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, that was kind of sexy, you know what I mean? But these these ladies, the ones I saw, maybe they're parody or something, but it, I wasn't uh there was no movement, if you know what I mean.
3: Yeah, I think that guy was <laughs> standing outside of, like, some government building in China. And he was eating a banana, and it was covered in chocolate sauce. And he, he was a was, white guy, too. He was, like, putting it all in his mouth in a very interesting way. and like <laughs>
2: Interesting, is that how you're saying it?
3: Licking it <laughs> and putting it all over his and mouth. chocolate and, everywhere, too. And chocolate and the banana. It was just... <laughs> It was a lot to take in, but apparently... Maybe we should
2: post that to the Facebook page.
3: We, we have to. So apparently this is a serious issue, this erotic...
2: Very serious.
3: Banana eating. How
2: dare they eat bananas on the internet? Yeah. Well, they're taking care of biz. Maybe it's the government who's taking care of biz.
3: More civilized behavior. Putting
2: their, their, their boot on the neck of the banana eaters. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, with that... Now you're curious. Now you're going to go to the Facebook page. (laughs) I guarantee it will be the very first link we put up. So if you're listening to this, it is on the Facebook page right now. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Even if you are an erotic banana eater, we cherish your listenership. If you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week or as often as you do, you can go to dollamore.com and on the left-hand side of the page, there's a link That says support the show. If you click on that link, you'll see PayPal and Patreon. Those are kind of the direct money ways that you can contribute to the show. Helping us make podcasts, moving the conversation forward. But also, you're helping make my YouTube videos. Which really help move the conversation forward. Especially if you read the YouTube comment section. Which Brittany loves, loves to do. The other way you can do it is make a purchase on Amazon by clicking our affiliate link. Every little bit goes a long way. And if you're going to spend your money anyway, why not help your favorite show filled with news News. and ridiculous comments? All right, everybody. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Because that is what a fart is. It's hot air passing by a poop.